My name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor of Grand Valley Church, and we're a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope that this message helps you to explore faith and grow in your relationship with God. This is something totally new for us. Live streaming is not something we've done before. This is something new for a lot of churches today. And so I just want to ask if you'll kind of bear with us as we're doing this, because this is something that's kind of fascinating and new. And hopefully you're here live with us right now, or maybe you're watching this later on the replay. But this is a way that we can connect during this time when we aren't able to gather in person together. Now, one of the things that's interesting about live streaming is, as a church, one of the things that was interesting to me is there is a New Testament comparison for live streaming. And I was thinking about this throughout this week. In the New Testament, there was a guy named Paul, and he was an apostle, and he was a church planter, and he traveled a lot, and he taught a lot. And what happened with him is he upset the people in charge so much that they tried to have him arrested. And when they had him arrested, and they tried to make some charges stick, and they couldn't, what ended up happening is that Paul pleaded his case to Caesar. And because he pleaded his case to Caesar, it meant that he got a trip to Rome out of it under guard by Roman soldiers. And so he had always wanted to go to Rome to be able to preach the gospel and share the message of Jesus in Rome. But there was a trade-off that happened with this. You see, when Paul was on his way to Rome, he wasn't able to travel and meet with the churches that he planted. He was kind of stuck on this journey. And so Paul pivoted and he kind of like what we're doing now, he shifted the way that he operated. He shifted his normal way of doing things to be able to reach people. And at the time in the first century, the best technology that Paul had available to him was writing letters. And so Paul wrote letters to the churches and four of the letters in our New Testament were written during this time when Paul was in captivity and being taken to Rome. And another thing fascinating about the time, and we don't think of this as technology, but the roads that were built by the Roman Empire enabled messengers to carry Paul's letters faster and further than any earlier time in history. And so today, we're using technology to connect and to encourage each other and to share the message of Jesus. I think if Paul was here today, he might be kind of impressed and interested by the fact that we could do this because what's happening right now is you're able to connect from the comfort of your own home or wherever you are today. And something that's interesting about this and something that's in the last couple of years, this has been more and more common. When I talk to people and I ask them sometimes, so how did you hear about our church? How did you hear about our community? The number one answer that I get is usually our website. And recently, when I've asked that question, people have often said, well, I listened to your podcast, and I've listened to the podcast and the messages for a while before I came through the doors on a Sunday. And so what we're doing by going live on YouTube and streaming this is it's really easy to share this message, to share this link, for someone to check out a bit about our church online during this time without having to get in their car, drive here, find a parking spot, come on in to an unfamiliar place. This is a really, in some ways, a really low-risk way of sharing who we are as a community of faith and sharing the message of Jesus. Now, this season we're in is unprecedented. None of us have ever lived through this before. None of us have ever experienced this before. I was talking with a friend of mine who's a pastor this week and just saying, you know, seminary never taught us any of how to do this. And so we're walking through this together. But as I think about this season that our church is in, there's a word that kind of came up in one of our meetings that we had this week. 
where we realize this, we are in a season where our whole church is on sabbatical. Now, the word sabbatical might be new to you, and it comes from the word Sabbath. And Sabbath goes all the way back into the Old Covenant. It goes back to one of the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses to give to the people. These Ten Commandments were the starting point of the people's relationship with God under the Old Covenant. And one of the commandments was to keep Sabbath. And so Sabbath was a day of rest, one day a week that was set aside where you didn't do work, where you took the time to focus on your community, to focus on your faith, and to really focus on who God is and our connection with him. But I want to take you to the New Testament. I want to take you to one of Jesus's teachings. And so when Jesus was early on in his ministry, he had already attracted a fair bit of attention, and particularly from this one group called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees believed in really strict observance of the law. And so I want to take you to Mark 2, starting at verse 23. It says this, One Sabbath day, so on the day that was set aside for no work and just to connect with God, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Now, a quick note, the disciples weren't committing theft. In fact, it was part of their law that if you were traveling and you were walking through a grain field, you were permitted to take what you would eat right then. You couldn't take any with you, but if you needed a snack and you wanted to eat some grain, you were welcome to do that. The term was called gleaning. And so the Pharisees actually said to Jesus, why are your disciples harvesting? So they're actually accusing them of something they're not doing. But Jesus responds to them, and he says this, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures, referring to their Old Testament law, he says, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God, and he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Now, this happened before David became king. And to the Pharisees, David was their hero. He was the pinnacle of Israel at its peak when the nation was really following God and striving forward and doing great things. And so Jesus says, well, you're going to accuse my disciples. Well, I'm going to point out that your hero also broke the law. And he's not just being cheeky here because Jesus has a point to make. And this is the the part of the pastor I want us to focus on. Then Jesus said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not for people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Now, son of man is a term that Jesus used for himself. But he points this out. He says, the point of the law, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people. It wasn't just a law to follow. It was there for a reason. Now, the intention of a Sabbath was never just to rest. The Sabbath was designed to help us keep our focus. It was about focusing on our faith, focusing on our community, focusing on our connection with one another and having that time set away. And it was also a a big step of trust to say that I'm going to take one seventh of my working hours and I'm not going to work. That is a declaration of trust in God's provision. Now, a Sabbath is one day per week, but a sabbatical, that's what I talked about before, that our church is in a season of sabbatical. A sabbatical is a longer time period that happens infrequently. 
Now, a sabbatical is a time of intentionally breaking out of our normal routines and dedicating this time to a specific purpose. Now, when you see that and you see, well, breaking out of our normal routines, you know, every one of us is in a situation where our normal routines have been disrupted. Our world has changed rapidly in the last few weeks and months. Feels like even in the last few days as, as our, our world is coming to bear and saying, how can we fight and overcome this challenge that we're all facing as humanity right now? But this change, this disruption, is something that is externally being focused on us. I've talked a lot about change. We've done a whole series at our church about change and what does it mean to pursue growth and to pursue change. But whenever we've talked about change here, we've usually talked about it in terms of an internal change. And an internal change is something that we decide for ourselves. But an external change is when the change is decided for us. An internal change is a choice we make of saying, I want to make a difference in my life in this way. But an external change, that's what's happening right now as our public health officials are making recommendations and rules and regulations for our benefit. Those aren't choices we've chosen to make for ourselves. This is all uncharted territory. This is all different and new for us to explore. But here's the truth. External changes are always harder to accept than internal changes. When we make the decision, it's easy to follow it. When someone else makes the decision for us, it's a challenge for us to follow. And so actually back in January, we did a series together that was called Your Failure is Not Final. And this series was about processing loss and processing grief. And we began that series with a message called Let Yourself Grieve. And it was a hard message to listen to, to be honest, because it was a message about encouraging us to recognize what we're processing, what we're facing. And we were talking specifically about failures, about loss. But right now, everyone is processing changes that we didn't choose for ourselves. Every one of us is looking at our lives, is looking at our world and saying, well, what do I have to do differently now, what's changed? What's unique? What am I going to do? How am I going to move forward? Every one of us is asking those questions. And one of the things that we have to do and to recognize in this that I think will help us is when we allow ourselves to grieve the loss of our normal routines. You know, right now, I'm the only person at the church. I'm standing here talking to a laptop. This feels very strange to me to jump right into it. Our normal has gone away and we don't know for how long. And so one of the things we actually need to do is to allow ourselves to grieve that loss of our normal, to let ourselves feel what we're feeling, to let ourselves process what we're processing. And there's going to be a link in the description of this video a little later with a link to that message about let yourself grieve. And maybe that's a reminder to come back to, to say, how can we let ourselves experience what we're experiencing at this time? But The core of that message, at the very end of it, I talked about how when we don't allow ourselves to grieve, we actually prevent God from meeting us in our sorrows. In fact, this is one of the things that sets following Jesus apart from everything else in the world. That when we suffer, when we experience grief, when we experience loss, when we're in this disrupted and unbalanced state, 
Scripture promises time and time again that this is one of those opportunities where God meets with us, where God gives meaning to the sorrow that we've experienced by drawing us closer to himself. And so when I talk about our church being in a time of sabbatical, I'm not saying it's a time where we do nothing. I'm saying that this is a time of intentional focus. This is a time where we can choose what are we going to focus on as a community of faith? What are we going to focus on as individuals? What are we going to choose to set our sights on rather than just being tossed by endless news reports and endless breaking news and endless public health bulletins and and just going day by day? We can choose to have a longer range view than just the immediate. And if you were around in our community of faith back in 2017, you'll remember that the church actually sent me on a sabbatical for two months. And that was two months where I was released from all my regular roles and responsibilities here at the church. And a whole bunch of people stepped up and each took a part of of my role. And I was so thankful for that time for the people that volunteered. But during that sabbatical, there was a lot of planning that went into it. There was a lot of months of work leading up to even just announcing the sabbatical to the church that this was going to happen. But what's different for now for our church is we didn't have these months of planning. We didn't have these opportunities to ask questions in advance. And so what I want to do today is I want to share with you the questions that I worked through before I took a sabbatical in 2017, because I believe these questions are relevant for us today that these are questions that can help us have a longer focus in the as we experience the disruption of everything that's happening right now. And so one of the first questions that I asked was, how can I grow in my relationship with God in this time? How, as I change all my routines, as all our routines are changed for us, what spiritual disciplines am I leaning into? What am I doing to feed my faith in God? We're not able to gather in person, but we can gather this way virtually. We can still read scripture. We can still spend time praying. We can still spend time worshiping, listening to music, listening to to art and things that draw us closer to God. Or maybe this is a time to take up a practice like journaling and listening prayer of asking, how do we serve one another during this time? And that was one of the questions I wrestled with leading up to my sabbatical is saying, what are the practices that I'm going to create and instill during that sabbatical? And the second question was this one, how can I connect with family and friends during this time? I knew when I was on sabbatical that I wouldn't be here most Sundays, and I love being here when we're all together. But in this time, when we're not gathering all together in person, how can we still connect with family and friends. We live in a, a hyper-connected world through phone, through video, through messaging. We can still connect with people even though we're not physically in the same room. But also, what about our families? It'd be easy to just let the days go by and spend our times glued to screens, but what are some practices we can do even in our own family units to build deeper relations and deeper connections that we can look at this later and say, hey, This was something that actually drew us closer together, even as we practice social distancing. And the third question I asked was, how can I become physically and mentally healthier during this time? Our health is connected. God created us this way that our physical, our mental, our relational, and our spiritual health are all interlinked in some intangible way. 
even though the gyms are closed down, outside isn't closed down. Even just spending time in our own yards, even just spending time going for a walk in the neighborhood, getting fresh air, clearing our minds. This is the season that we all tend to look forward to when winter's coming to a close and the snow's melting. And if you're like me, you have allergies as the snow melts. And it's just a horrible time of year to have allergies right now. That's besides the point. But this is a time where we can connect with the outdoors, where we can actually do some things that help ourselves physically, but also mentally to understand and to process what we're talking about. Going back to what I said before about letting ourselves grieve, letting ourselves experience the emotions that we feel during this time. Because a sabbatical, like I said, is a time of intentionally breaking out of our normal routines. And that's been done for us already. So now we have the choice. What will we dedicate this time towards? For many of us, when our activities in the evenings have all been canceled, what are we going to do with that time? I know some people are working harder than ever before, especially our healthcare professionals, our public health officials, anyone involved in any form of supply chain logistics. We know you're working super hard and we thank you for your dedication and your service and what we're doing as, as our whole country has to come together as one body, as one group of people with one goal. But for each one of us, we still have that question to ask. What will we dedicate this time for? And this isn't a decision that I can make for you. In fact, it's up to each one of us to decide what we will focus on as our lives are disrupted. But one of the things that we can do is we can choose to do this together. We can choose to do this to remain in connection. And I want to encourage you to join our like our Facebook group, follow us on social media, reach out to a friend, lean into using things like FaceTime and Skype to connect in a virtual face-to-face with the people that you long to meet with and, and want to spend time with. But we can choose to share what each one of us is doing in this time of disruption and encourage each other that way. Secondly, we're all learning as we go. In fact, right now, it kind of feels like we're bolting the wings on a plane as we're already hurtling down the runway about to take off. This situation's changing day to day, and we're all figuring this out. And with that comes we need to have some flexibility to experiment, some flexibility to try things maybe we haven't tried before, or to say, well, how, how can we still have these relational connections with one another? And look for things that, that will work, that will feed us, that will help us connect. Because we're in a season as a church that none of us have been in before. We're in a season as a community and a country none of us have been in before. And so that means that now, even more than ever, we need to lean on each other. We need to connect with one another. We need to, to push in. And so there's a question that I want to leave you with. And that's to say, what will you choose to focus on? in this season of disruption and sabbatical. And one of the things I hope you'll choose is to lean into prayer, to lean into praying for one another, praying for our families, for our friends, for our communities, for our government leadership, our healthcare system, pray for our church. And as we focus on this, on top of the things that we're being asked to focus on, things like washing our hands more, uh, not touching our faces, all those messages you've heard hundreds, maybe even thousands of times already. But we can choose to have this time to focus even among the disruption that we're facing. And so one of the things we're going to do as a church is on Sundays when we gather together, it's not going to be a full recreation of our Sunday service. In fact, one of the things that I'm choosing to focus on, and this goes back to my sabbatical in 2017, it was only two months. It wasn't that long. But the last two to three weeks, all I wanted was to be back here together with everyone. 
And I still snuck in and was part of church and kind of came in at 11 o'clock, which is something I don't normally do back then. But I just longed for being with our community together again. And so one of the things that we can focus on and we can look forward to is when we get to gather together again, when this season comes to a pass, we'll be able to celebrate as we come back together as a church. And so that's one of the one of the pieces of hope that I hope that you'll keep in mind as we do this, because as a church going digital is kind of unique. It's interesting. Lots of churches are figuring this out all together. And I believe that we do have opportunities in this time to share the message of Jesus, to find hope. In fact, to share hope with the people around us at a time where people are more receptive to talking about things that matter and things that are deep. And so each week on Sunday at 11, we're going to gather like this. And we're also looking through some other ways that we might be able to gather over video and and things throughout the weeks. And so we're figuring that as as we go. But before I wrap this up and and click a button and then I don't know, I'm used to spending time visiting and chatting, but maybe spend some time just with the people in your home and talk about this and say, so what are we going to focus on as a family? What are we going to focus on? And if, if you're watching this by yourself, maybe that means send a text to a friend. And say, what are you choosing to focus on during this time? But let me just wrap up by praying together. God, thank you that we can do this. Thank you for technology. And you've always leveraged technology, even in scriptures we talked about before. And God, we know that this is an opportunity for us to connect in ways we've never connected before. And so, Lord, I pray that you would be near to each one of us. Whether people are listening live on the stream now or watching the replay later, I just pray that this would be something that draws us closer to you. And that in this time, in this forced sabbatical, as our lives are disrupted, would we be able to meet with you in some real and powerful ways? Would we be able to focus on our faith and our relationships and our health in ways that we've often longed to but felt we never had the time? And so, God, I pray for us as a community of believers. I pray for our our city and our our healthcare system and our supply chains and our government officials who are working around the clock. And, God, we just pray that you would give them strength. We pray that you would let them know that what they are doing is worthwhile and meaningful. And, Lord, we pray for that day when we get to gather together, when all these public health orders are lifted and we get to celebrate by joining back together as a community of faith in person And God, we know that your church is everywhere. We know that this is a big movement happening throughout the world of churches going online. And so, Lord, we just pray that this would be a time when your love, when your hope, when your salvation is shared with so many people that wouldn't have had the opportunity before. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us live online. I know this is a different experience for all of us. And we're going to be back here again next Sunday. But while you're at it, keep in touch with us over social media. If you don't follow us on Facebook or Instagram, please do that. If you don't get our email updates, please sign up. All the links for that are right on our webpage. If you go to mygrandvalley.ca, or if you're watching this on replay, we'll put those links in the description below the video. So everyone, I hope you have a great Sunday and we'll see you later. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Our Sunday services are online only, streaming at 11 a.m. on YouTube. You can find out more about our church by going to mygrandvalley.ca 
or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for My Grand Valley. Thanks for listening. Thank you.